Welcome to Secrets of Stand-Up Comedy. I'm Dick Williams. I'm going to tell you everything I know about stand-up so you can be a better comic. The uh, podcast is up. I'm going to put the link in there. And I also hope that you like and subscribe to this channel and maybe share it with other comics in your area. Joe Coy, the Golden Globes. <sighs> boy, oh boy. I have a lot of thoughts about it. First of all, I'm not going to just dump on Joe Coy. He's a fellow comic. And even though I didn't know him, we were in Los Angeles at the same time. Everything I've ever heard about him has been positive from other comics. And he'll recover from this. He, he's, he's solid. You know, people like him. He sells out shows. He had a movie made. Whoa, Willie. You skedaddling out of town? You're acting like you hosted the Globes. I'll say this to Joe. You could have said no. You realize that you don't have to take the gig. I've said this numerous times on this channel that it hurts you more than it helps you if you do something before you're not ready. So let's look at the... Um, a few different angles of this so you can learn as a comic. First of all, in my opinion, all of this is my opinion, but I'm trying to soften it a bit. In my opinion, Joe Coy is not the right type of comic to host the Golden Globes. He's not that famous. So all these stars, they're looking up and they're going, oh, boy, who is this? Like, if they saw me, they'd be like, who is this jackass? They're not going to have the same level of respect unless you really hit them with some solid material up front. And the audience, the celebrities, in the beginning, they were being cool with them. They were laughing a little bit louder uh, at jokes that weren't, in my opinion, that great. But so he's automatically starting at a deficit. The second thing is he had 10 days to get ready for it. And from what I'm hearing, he had three writers. Usually for a late night show, there's like 12 writers, like The Tonight Show or Jimmy Kimmel. So I don't know why he only had three writers. Every comic that he's ever been friends with should have been helping him out and sending him jokes. Um, he was a last-minute choice. You don't want to go in to the Golden Globes or the Oscars or the Emmys as someone's 18th choice. Because again, you're dealing with celebrities. You know what I mean? Like, Martin Scorsese's there. He's used to getting roasted by Don Rickles. And all of a sudden, this comic he's never heard of is up there busting balls. So from that angle... It just didn't seem like a good fit. Also, I don't know, because I don't really remember, but if you look back at these uh, award shows, it seems like it's roast-heavy right now. I don't think it was always like that. At Golden Globes has that reputation, because, especially because of Ricky Gervais. I mean, you want to see how it's done properly? You go back and watch Ricky Gervais. And the reason why he was successful is 
he was a big name, and he didn't care. He said whatever the hell he wanted. He was going right at him. He was taking them down a notch or two, all the people in the audience, all these big-time celebrities. And we're in kind of an idol worship culture where we, we think that uh, an actor or actress is like the super important person. He didn't treat them like that. He made fun of them. And it was funny. Hey, I'm not talking about Taylor Swift, Willie. Chill out. He's a Swifty. You know how Chihuahuas are. He's always a front runner. I won't, I won't slander her at all. By the way, quick side note on that. Um, when Joe Coy made the joke about Taylor Swift, it was a totally, like, milk toast joke. And she did the reaction where it seemed like she was pissed. I, it, it seemed to me like she was kidding, like she was going along with it, like she was like, oh, I'm going to get you for this. Joe Coy. I don't think she was really bad. If she was, she's an asshole. But I don't think that's what she... I think she was playing along. Go back and watch some of the older ones. That's what the celebrities do. They... Like, look at the Tom Hanks reaction. And it wasn't... I don't think the joke was about him, but they use that gif all the time where he's like... So... Yeah, he's not a roast comic. And if they're going to make it a roast, you have to hire somebody with the gravitas to be able to pull it off and also the material. You have to have somebody super famous who can also make fun of these people. And uh, because actors and actresses and everybody in Hollywood, they're very full of themselves if you haven't caught on yet. So they're they're not used to hearing anything negative ever. And then they don't read the negative reviews. They live in a bubble where it's all sunshine. And that's why they get so shocked when their career's on the decline. And they say, yeah, my telephone stopped ringing. Nobody would call me back. Because it was, a lot of it was fake. So if you're going to go after them with jokes, you have to really go after them and not apologize. That was the other thing that was crazy to me is that Joe told that joke about Taylor Swift and then he said, sorry about that or I'm kidding or something like that. I was like, dude, you're giving all your little strength away. Whatever power you have on that stage with that microphone, you just negated it because she gave you a reaction or the crowd didn't laugh. Like she's not the queen. She's a a pop music singer. (laughs) I don't know. There were a lot of things. And it's easy for me to Monday morning quarterback because I didn't do the gig. But I also never would do something like that. Even if I was at that level, it's just, it's like a no-win situation. If I got asked to do that, I'd be like, well, okay, what's the best possible upside? I kill it. I'm the talk of the town, and what? Everybody in the audience hates me because I made fun of them so viciously or so effectively. It doesn't have to be vicious. If you're very effective and precise with what you joke about, if you push those buttons, I don't know that you're going to get a ton of work after that. 
So I, I want to stress to you, whether it's getting a job hosting at your local club or moving up to headliner or doing a clean show when you're not a clean comic, don't take certain gigs. It can really hurt your career. It can make you look dumb and people won't trust you. I will say, God bless him, he did his time. And that's not a knock. I'm not saying it as like, well, on the bright side, at least he did his time. Do you know what it would... I can't imagine what he was going through on stage. You could tell that he was... He started rushing things. He started eating up the time by getting easy applause, by saying... Uh, this show's here and give it up for this person and uh, like a lot of that in the later parts and that eats up time and it it seems like it gets the audience back on your side but then if you got to come with another joke and it's mediocre all you did was eat up time so in that pressure cooker situation it's easy to go a couple minutes early and just be like yeah all right we're gonna bring out the next presenter because these award shows run long anyways. But so he, he stuck in there. He, he hung it out. And no, he hung in there and stuck it out. See, this is why I can't host the Golden Globes. That because nobody's ever hear, heard of me. Um, the other thing that he did, this to me was the worst thing that he did. He threw his writers under the bus. I've had that happen to me. I've had a host of a show that I was working on with other writers do a joke in front of a studio audience, live to tape. The joke doesn't get that many laughs. And it was because of the host, by the way, in my case, uh, almost all the time, because he was like nervous and jerky. It was Tom Arnold. And he would like, he was literally reading the joke from a sheet of paper and he would mess it up sometimes. And I love Tom Arnold. But then he would blame us. And we're in the back like, that asshole. We can't defend ourselves. There was no Twitter at the time. I, I wouldn't have gone on Twitter anyways and said something about it. I still worked there. But that was a sign to me that he was bombing. And so. The first ones to get dumped on were the people, the only people that were helping him, the writers. He had to sign off on all that material. It's not like he was handed the stuff right before he went up. He should have, and I assume he did, go to the comedy store, the improv, the Laugh Factory, and try this material out in front of a live audience, in front of real people. So him saying that the jokes that the audience liked there, the celebrities, he wrote those ones, the other ones are from the writers. I would never write for him again. I think that's one thing he's going to have a hard time if he ever gets a gig where he needs writers. He's going to have a hard time finding them because we take that stuff very seriously. And I've written for roasts. I've written, like, TV roasts, and uh, the Gene Simmons roast was one of them. 
I did some stuff for a couple comics on Last Comic Standing. I've, I've written for a lot of things. I don't even remember some of the credits. Um, but yeah, never, never sabotage your friends. Never take the whole boat down with you. <laughs> Just bomb on your own. And and then to ele- try to elevate yourself. I also don't even think he should have commented on, on the fact that he wasn't doing well, that he only had 10 days. And, and I mean, that can go either way. That was like the biggest laugh of his monologue. And what he was saying was true. But it's like I tell you, don't say, hey, this is new material I'm trying out. Don't let them in on the process. Just say, hey, I signed up for this gig when nobody else wanted to. Y'all better start laughing. Because apparently, y'all ain't shit if nobody wants to do this. I'm the best you could get for your little award show? Come on, Kevin Costner. Come on, Robert De Niro. Jimmy Kimmel didn't want to meet you one more time at an award show? Like, whatever. I'm just literally thinking out loud. Um, so, yeah, don't... Man, that thing with the writers. And he did it twice in the monologue. Twice he, he, he said negative things about them. I just... Uh, that was wrong. I'm looking at my notes now. Um, him saying that's hilarious after jokes... You're trying to do a saver that's not funny. You're trying to you're trying to do the old Larry Cable guy. That's funny. I don't care who you are. He says that after jokes that are, are working. And again, I don't want this to come off. I mean, it's starting to sound like, boy, this guy really hates Joe Coy. I don't. I just I want you, the person I'm talking to, to get stuff out of this. Joe Coy is uber successful as i said he's had way more success in probably the first three years of his career than all of my career in stand-up combined so i'm not taking anything away from him he's just a case example for some of the things i've already been telling you like don't take things before you're ready um oh uh, (laughs) It was nice to see that um, white people still suck. I mean, he did a couple jokes about that, about the whites. I don't know why that's still okay, but nobody else. That white people stole everything, Flower Moon, even the premise. Like, uh, I don't know. I think that stuff's been played out at this point, at least in comedy. Like, I always believe in laughing with people, not at them. That's why Don Rickles was so great. You could tell he he wasn't being mean to anybody. He would make fun of black people, Asian people, the goyim. Um, I don't know. He was just funny. And it was lighthearted. It was sharp. It was cutting at times. But... You knew that he came from a good place. And so I, I personally, I see some of that stuff. It's like 
Oh, yeah. The evil white guy again. All right. Get it. Got it. Okay. Let's go to the next little bit. Uh, and this is the final thing. It seems like, well, two things. It seems like they want polite comedy at these shows now. And that's fine. I'm sure there were a lot of restrictions on Joe Coy and what he could make jokes about. It'd be interesting. You know how they always do the, uh, now we're going to release what the, the jokes that we weren't allowed to say. It'll come up on the internet from the roasts and, and the Oscars and the Golden Globes and stuff like that. I don't think they're doing that this year. Because if they do and the jokes are not great, people are going to be like, there goes them writers again. I, it just seems like the, um, the atmosphere around comedy on television is so anodyne and, and soft and non-controversial and boring. It's, it's very much to me like when we had ministers and pastors uh, calling up the FCC and the networks saying, I, I didn't like this joke. It was inappropriate. We have a new religion doing that now. It's not a technical religion, but the people that are offended by everything. And so if you're worried about people that are offended by everything... You're just not going to have good comedy on TV a lot of times. Sorry. I mean, you got to pick one or the other. You got to allow comics to be comics and take risks and ruffle some feathers once in a while. If you look at the Cat Williams interview with Shannon Sharp, that's getting like Super Bowl numbers. There, there's a, there's a market for that. It last time I looked, it was up to twenty five million. It's only been, it, I, has it been out for a week? I don't even think it's been out for a week. And I know you can't track how many people watch the whole way through, but it was a two hour and forty six minute interview that's been clicked on at least twenty five million times. It's like the season, the series finale of MASH. People are just going other places to find entertainment. So we might be watching Hollywood and television on its last leg because it's gotten so nervous about offending anyone that people are going elsewhere. Here's the last thing I'll say about it. The one way that I think Joe could have navigated it where he wasn't meeting resistance from the celebrities is not to make so many jokes about them and the movies and TV shows and the things that they do. There's so many other topical things he could have talked about. Yeah, I get it. He's not going to talk about the Epstein list. But he could have said something like, when he's not doing well, hey, we have Cat Williams in the back. 
in case I start bombing. Do you want me to bring him out here? They would have gotten a huge laugh or something along those lines. Again, I, I think of these things as I'm talking to you. Um, there's so many things going on in the world at any given moment, especially nowadays. It seems like something crazy happens every single day. He could have done some material about that. The NFL season just ended. We're going into the playoffs. He could have talked about that. He could have talked about um, well, a whole number of things. Just go on the internet. Watch the news. I think he made a mistake. And I also think he'll be fine. Be careful out there. Know your audience. Know if you're the right fit. Know if you're ready. And don't ever blame the people that helped you. That's it. I'll talk to you tomorrow.